0: Welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Hi, welcome back to Employee of the Month. On this episode, I spoke with a dating expert. The reason I consider that sort of a dreamy job is that there are people who are really good at giving advice. And I consider myself one of them. I'm often told I'm one of them. And I think I'm told that because I just end up listening and saying, take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. But I'm kind of impressed by people who are like, no, you should really listen to what I'm saying. And Andrea Surtash, who I got to interview, is a really good egg, which I also think differs from the more famous ones. I am so skeptical of people who consider themselves experts as a way to get themselves on television. And I can't always tell if it's like they just want to be a personality on TV, whatever that means, versus actually being an expert where they do research and are giving advice based on that. There's just, i coming from an academic background, whatever it is. I'm just a skeptical person, um, which I'm glad I am and I think everyone should be. But it was nice to get some insight into that world from someone who really is thoughtful and, and certainly trying to find her way within that world in a way that it feels conscientious. And that is Andrea Sartash. So hope you enjoy my interview with her. Now I'm very excited to have on Andrea Surtash. I'm thrilled. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, that was actually very impressive. Do what? What are some things that people say?
1: Oh, I've heard. You know, I I, I can't even reenact the <laughs> names that has come out of people's mouths. But Surtash, truthfully, it's a made-up name, so you could really pronounce it any way you want. My dad moved from Hungary. No one could pronounce his name, so he thought this sounded English. I don't know.
0: I love the stories and learning about this. Like I met someone who their friend was named Joe, so when they got to Ellis Island, they went with Joe also.
1: (laughs) Yes, those stories are what immigrants are, you know, that's the immigrant story. So, he moved to Canada and, uh, this sounded Western to them, and, and now, actually, very funny, quick story I'll tell you. Yes. It's become an Indian name. Uh, oh, we, oh, wow. My dad had a patient, he's a dentist, and in the 70s, one of his patients was so grateful to my dad, the dentist, for giving all this work when the person couldn't afford it, and she said, I'm going to name my firstborn after you, and we thought the kid would be named Peter, my dad's name, but the kid's named Sirtash Singh. I love so it. there are it's a first name. It's a, it's a first, first name, name and then someone on his block named his kid Surtash and then they changed the last name from Singh to Surtash. It's a crazy story, Katie. So you could be Surtash Surtash? You can be Surtash Surtash and I think Or it's Sing Sing. Sing Sing. If you're a panda. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's it's kind of created it's become this new uh, name, and it has a new
0: story, which is cool. Well, welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm so excited to be honoring uh, Andrea, who is a dating expert. And if you hear any noise in the background, we're at the Writers Guild, and they have generously uh, provided this space for us to record these interviews because they think learning about stories of people's lives and how they make their careers happen is that important. So thank you so much for being here. I'm psyched. Congratulations on your illustrious award. I love it. Love it. Where do you think you'll put it? I, I should
1: put it front and center on my desk. The Employee of the yeah. Month Award, that's that's a good feeling, Katie.
0: Good. Oh, I'm Thank glad. You. I'm really thrilled to have, have <laughs> you here. Now, you are self-made, and that's part of the reason I was so excited to have you on here, that you have created your own career path for yourself, you have 20 different slash titles, so, yes. so so tell me what you consider yourself. What okay. is your title? Well,
1: I never, when I shake someone's hand, I never call myself an expert because that sounds kind of douchey to say, hi, I'm a, you know. It doesn't just not, sound,
0: it doesn't just sound it, it is douchey. It yeah. is
1: douchey. So I I think expert's in media douchey term.
0: Douchey is douchey. That's why <laughs> they people use the word douchey, because <laughs> it's, it's such a douchey word. It is word. such a douchey <laughs> word.
1: Uh, expert is just a media term, and the first time, 10 years ago, I worked on a book called How to Survive Dating. So my background is as... I'm a journalist. Okay. So I worked on this book, How
0: to Survive Dating. How was, is that a journalist background? Tell well, me Well,
1: I was hired as one of 10 journalists to interview singles across the country Okay. to find out about first dates and breakups and all kinds of themes. And I was just one of 10 journalists working on
0: this book. I see. I see. Okay. And my
1: publisher stuck me on the radio because he said, you're more extroverted than my other writers. And the, the reporter... Introduced me as a dating expert and they did not know he was talking about me. So okay. that's the first time I was Bryce at who? He, because he said, We have a dating expert in the studio. We're going to do a QA. And I just stayed silent. I had no idea I was that person. So it's truly a media term. At this point, though, I will say, Katie, it's been 10 years and it's not just dating. I've covered marriage and divorce and, uh, you know, all kinds of topics under the relationship umbrella. Uh, Ten years of research interviewing thousands of people, I've, I've earned my stripes more than I did that first year, for sure.
0: How how do you how do you interview people? Like I you know I know two of your books. Um, he's just not your type, and that's a good thing. And cheat on your husband with your husband. How do you interview people for for your books, for example?
1: Um, it's a combination. I'm extremely extroverted, so <laughs> sometimes it's been on an airplane. I've met mm-hmm. someone. I am that person. Sometimes on the airplane, who might. But here's the thing. I mean, I'll never. People like sharing their stories. One thing I've learned through this work is that everybody has a story. Every story matters. And a lot of people aren't Does curious, every story matter? Enough. Does
0: every story matter? Not.
1: Every, I, yeah, maybe I'm overstating mm-hmm. it. But everyone has something significant that's affected them in their lives or informed the way they live their lives. And I find that fascinating. And I think not enough people, we make so much small talk, and, you know, not enough people get to the heart of, these important topics. So as a journalist, uh, yes, they're de- definitely doing me a favor because they're giving me material, but it's sometimes cathartic for them, and they say thank you a lot after I finish an interview. It's, you know. It and you good. know that
0: because you interview people, too. I do, and I also saw, uh, like, the Story Project. Yeah, Life, Life, Story, Life Story Project. Life Story Project, yeah. and you were talking with this incredibly sweet older gentleman who was cr- crying. It's going to make me cry just thinking about it when I was talking about his wife yeah, And it was just painful. I mean, you did have a moment there where I just knew that man was so happy to be there.
1: He was so, and he came, so this you're referring to, I'm co-hosting a show on the Oprah Winfrey Network in Canada, where I'm from originally, um, called Life Story Project. And this man was a visitor from the U.K., And he walked by with his wife, and I invited him onto the couch. Because the point of our show is that we stop people to talk about love, life, loss, regret, triumph, failure, all these huge themes. And he was a tourist in Toronto that summer. And he said, well, I have a few minutes. He ended up not only... I couldn't get him off the couch. (laughs) It was like... He was telling me his great love stories. He was crying on the couch. He was, you know, it was really... And then he visited the set every day that week. He was, like, so happy to connect with us and tell a story so that's what I mean I, I think people how do you get
0: people off the couch
1: off the couch yeah. or on the couch off oh, the couch, off the couch. Um, I know I really... had a show
0: called On the Couch oh you did yeah oh so we have more in common okay, yeah that's really cool well
1: uh, how I get them off the couch usually is to thank them for sharing and to tell them we got we got what we need. You did a great job. I mean that that's the simplest way. Well, I've had people sit down on the couch and start eating sandwiches. I'm like, this isn't my living room. I, this isn't actually a living room. This is a, you know, we're shooting in a public square. This is a couch for a set. <laughs> so you, it's not, yeah. people get that comfortable on the couch. So,
0: Have you ever had people open up in a way that you're not prepared to deal with?
1: Absolutely. Um, on this show, I'll tell you one example. Um, someone, because this was the Oprah Network, and Oprah's name was literally on the camera, uh, People, I, I, I felt like I had to tell them I'm not Oprah because people would say, I've, I've wanted to tell Oprah my story for years, and they would reveal things that they have never told anyone. And this one woman sat down this summer and she said, I'm really nervous. And that's to me, that's a sign sometimes that I don't want to, as a journalist, I don't want to lead someone to a place that they don't want to go. So I said, it's okay, you know, take your time and don't share anything that's not comfortable. And she said, I've wanted to share this, and she said I was molested by a family member, but I could feel in the interview that it wasn't her time. She did not want to share it. She shared it under some strange pressure, she felt, uh, and it was uncomfortable. And I, I actually asked the cameras to be turned off, and I talked to her. She later came back. And said, "I know I signed a waiver, but this might destroy my life." And we said, "We had had a really obviously compassionate crew who understood we would never show a story that someone didn't want to share." Uh, But but I had moments like that on the couch as a journalist, where I was feeling so bad that someone shared something she wasn't ready.
0: But I think that's the risk of um, twofold. I mean, I think there's a risk in calling oneself an expert or putting oneself on a couch and being considered an expert, and I mean this to all talk show hosts, whether it's Oprah Winfrey, you, um, where people will open up and put themselves in a vulnerable position, and they shouldn't be, and you had the discretion as an individual, and I don't think that's as a journalist, I think Mm -hmm. as an individual to turn the cameras off, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, there's something that really, I think coming from a background in clinical psych, Mm -hmm. I feel very anxious around that and even if I just tell people I was doing graduate work in clinical psych, they'll tell me personal things Mm -hmm. that I don't think will help them in the future. I happen to be a really compassionate person Mm -hmm. so you can tell me anything Mm -hmm. and I'll be okay with it but I don't know if it's the most constructive thing for that individual. Yeah,
1: I think there's always my co-host is a psychotherapist and he came up against the same things um, on the couch. Uh, It's I, I hear you and
0: I think Sometimes when you've been labeled an expert or you're on a talk show. Or take that label on. I mean, he's taking his credentials into a public medium. Yeah, you're
1: taking it into a public medium. You do run that risk. Luckily, that happened very rarely. Uh, we did hundreds of interviews this summer, and I could count how many times that we brushed up against that. But I think it does take sensitivity as an individual to... To figure that out and to respond to it, because there's no
0: training for that. You know, I did a, I did when I first started in comedy. I did this fake therapist who was a talk show host, Dr. Lazarus. She has a website. She sells products for everything. She'll sell you a soul monitor, which is like a watch. And I had um, these parents of a little girl come up and tell me how much she was being bullied, and it was just awful. And I stopped doing the character, even though all the kids in New York, when I would do it in New York. People knew that she was a fake character. You know, they knew that she was obnoxious. They knew that she was bigoted and And I was making fun of talk show hosts who are really just trying to create a brand for themselves. Mm -hmm. But then when I had that with this innocent kid whose parents were, like, you know, coming up to me as if I was a real therapist, I stopped it. I was like, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, in my case, working on the show was one of the best life experiences I've had because so many people wrote me after to thank me, and I never on the couch put on any expert hat. It was a conversation between two individuals, uh, truly, and I just, um, you know, saying to someone, what are you grateful for? Tell me about gratitude, and people would start crying. They'd say, I've never thought about this person from my past who... Led me, You know, it wasn't always heavy themes. Sometimes it was really light themes, but
0: no one had... Wait, gratitude them. was the light theme? Gratitude was the light theme. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what? It was waterworks
1: galore, but it was light because it wasn't... You know, it was happy. It was like
0: happy tears. Yes. When people talk about what they're is, grateful
1: for, they lose
0: it. It's the most gratifying thing in the world on a selfish level for people to open up to me. Yeah, it is. I feel like it's a privilege and an honor. Yes. I don't think that most people... In that position, have the tools to be in that position. Mm. But it's even like when I started listening to Mark Maron's podcast, "What the Fuck," I love that podcast. <laughs> and at first, I would listen and I'd be like, "Why is he asking these people about their molestations or things like that?" And I think this is so bad for them. They were happy to go there. Yes. It was my own neuroses that was like, "This is not healthy. This is not constructive." They were totally happy to be there. They knew how to say yeah. no if they didn't want to because they were trained. People in media, you know, there are they're comedians who know to, to know when their limit has hit, reached their limit. Yeah. I still am very on the fence and always anxious with lay people. Yes, um, but at the same time, again, I'm not giving those individuals enough credit to know. Look, they live in a media saturated mm-hmm. world. They should know when to, to cool it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's 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 it. And in all my books too, I I don't um, I trust the reader a lot, or I trust. Now, sometimes I shouldn't probably, but I come from the perspective that you're he- you're a f- whole healthy person. And if I sense that you're not.
0: What about just whole person? I don't know healthy is necessarily. Okay.
1: You be, you're a complete, you're a complete individual. <laughs> <I'm teasing. laughs> uh, um, no. And if you're not like, I, I think in the pre-interview before people sat on the couch, the producers, when they mic them would make sure the person seemed kind of balanced, you know? Yes. Yeah. So there was enough. Uh, but I, I, some of the letters I got this summer were life-changing. I mean, for the, for them, it was life-changing. For me, it was because it was so grat- gratifying. Yes. It was really amazing. Um, so, yeah, I mean,
0: when you're When you're doling out advice, where does it come from? Or does it come from you? I've dated 60 guys, and this <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> Sometimes. But most
1: of the time, it comes from my literally thousands of hours of interviews of real people. I mean, one of my relationship tips, I credit to an 85-year-old that I met a few years ago, She said, I said, what's your biggest relationship tip uh, for me? And she said, your generation is so consumed with power, money, ego, status, fame. You're not, she said, the most important thing you can offer in a relationship is your presence. And that really resonated with me. And I thought, well, that's so simple and it's hard. And now I quote her in my advice so it's not my it, you know it's my advice but it's not really I, I got it from
0: her so you're distilling what is accessible because so i would say like when i was studying clinical psych for mm-hmm. example it was so freudian and the rest of our culture was moving towards a much more cognitive behavioral the individual as whole you got issues that you can specifically address but the sort of idea that you were traumatized before mm-hmm. you even got out of the womb was no longer is no longer in fashion
1: Yes, I, I mean I think there are two tracks. I always say I'm credible, but not clinical. I'm credible only I think because of all the research I've done and the work I've done through the years. I I don't pretend to. I have referred people to psychotherapists and to do deeper, psychol you know deeper work. Um, but you're so, also a
0: life coach. What is that? Okay, so I'm not coaching
1: anymore, but okay. I'm a trained relationship coach. So okay. what? It, what it essentially when I started going on the radio and when I was called an expert, I really felt like a, a phony. I was like, what? You know, where did this? That's come how you from? know you're in
0: business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think, and it's interesting with all the people you interview on in your show. I'm sure everyone's had a moment in their fabulous Absolutely. careers where they're like, I'm totally faking this. And for me, it just I needed more tools. I wanted more tools to be able to work with people. Uh, in the workshops, I was starting to do public speaking. I just wanted tools. So coaching is more like cognitive therapy in that it, it the model is where are you now? Where do you want to be? Here are some steps to get there. It's like hiring a personal trainer at the gym. It's That's not, not
0: cognitive therapy as much as I was going to say um, a personal trainer. It yeah. is like a personal
1: trainer. I mean, the way that I worked as a coach. It's very holistic though. It's not, I hated being labeled a dating coach because it was never just, if someone came to me with a problem in their love lives, it was never about just that. I, I mean, I'd have to say, okay, tell me about your job schedule. Tell me about your health. Tell me about your yeah. life because it's truly, you, you you have to make changes probably in other areas to have what you want in this area. Yeah. Um, so it just gave me more tools, but I do think it's a very, uh, I mean, some coaches are phenomenal. Some are really bad and give it a really bad rep. And I stopped using the term. I rarely talk about it in my...
0: I only saw it on your website. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I put it on my website because I did for many years work with clients, and it is part of my background and training. Uh, But I don't think most people know what it is. And I realized that... Yeah, I had no idea what it is. It's truly... I could call my anyone could call themselves a life coach tomorrow. So it kind of started to feel flaky, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I do. I've as you mentioned, I have so many slashes <laughs> in my title that yeah. I kind of took that
0: one out. So what are the ones that you you really identify with that are in your title? What are your titles you would give yourself title in set, addition to Employee of the Month?
1: Okay, definitely Employee of the Month, uh, author. Mm -hmm. I've earned that one. My fifth book is coming out this summer. Congratulations. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Thank you. What's that one called? That one's called It's Okay to Sleep with Him on the First Date, and All the Rules of Dating Debunked.
0: Okay. So is that going to debunk everything that's in He's Just Not Your Type and That's a Good Thing? No, (laughs)
1: because all—no,
0: that would be really conflict of interest.
1: Um, All my books have the theme or the thread that— it's, it's, I challenge conventional wisdom with common sense. I'm not saying anything that crazy, but I'm still challenging what everyone else is telling them in the dating advice world. So he's just not your type, and that's a good thing. I was saying, actually, stop using the checklist. Stop going after yeah. your type, because that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. So you have to look at your pattern. For the new book, I have a co-author, and what we're basically arguing is rules are based in fear, they're negative. They keep you in your head. They make you inauthentic. They're not helpful. And um, so I believe in strategies in dating. I don't believe in rules. Rules by Patty Stanger, the millionaire matchmaker, are ridiculous. Like she yeah. says, men don't like curly hair. Men don't like red hair. I mean, who? I don't. I do not know where she gets this. this also, like, this. yeah. It's ridiculous. It's offensive. It's offensive to people who are, like, smart readers. I think it's just stupid. So I'm challenging a bunch of these these BS rules, and I'll probably get some hate mail, but I'm used to it. Do you get hate mail? I do, yeah. What's that like? Well, it's hard because cheat on your husband with your husband specifically. I, I got so much hate mail, I can't even to tell you. To explain Why? I think people see the word "cheat" and they're they're offended by that word alone, and they don't they they I don't know if they missed the. Were you subtitle. offended
0: that they didn't finish the sentence and they don't know what prepositional <laughs> phrases are? Well,
1: I learned about the internet through that because I thought, oh my gosh, like I'll write a 500-word article, but you literally just saw the first five words and you're writing me a hate message. So yeah. clearly, you didn't read the article, and that's that's the reality of doing stuff online, people bring their own, a rumor started about me online um,
0: What's the rumor? That
1: I cheated, this is a good one, Uh, some guy on a Yahoo message board because uh, Yahoo covered my book and I was on a segment and uh, hundreds of hateful comments and some loving ones but a lot of hateful ones and one guy said why would we listen to this woman she's been married, she's cheated on all her partners, she's been married five times and he started listing my ex-boyfriend my ex-husband's Well, I'm on my first marriage that I know of, and uh, he said she collects $39,000 a year in alimony. All this stuff?
0: That's great. Do you it really get that? Funny. Do you want that now? I would want that now. Now that? I'm like, oh my gosh, I want thirty nine thousand dollars now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, the money! <laughs> I with the rumor. I was like, I don't
1: know if I want. I mean, it was hilarious. It was funny because he, my one of my ex husbands apparently is named Robert C. Shink, and I was like, that's a funny name. Very like, funny. I don't know where he got it, but it was made me laugh. So sometimes the hate messages are funny. Uh, but no, I definitely get challenged. I think love is a very vulnerable thing, and anytime you write about it, you're, you're gonna stir up a reaction, good or bad.
0: Even like when I read your book, I started having the most disastrous dates. Oh no! While I was in the middle of it. I, I, met, I went to a concert by myself. I was like, I'm gonna just try to be myself, I'm gonna go to a music concert by myself, and I've never done that before. And then I met some Irish guy, and he was so aggressive. He was really straight from Ireland and mm-hmm. he would like make up these things like in Ireland if you bring a man home you're definitely going to have sex with him and I was like but I told you that we're not going to have sex. Oh, that's so And it was like awkward. such BS because it's like in Ireland like oh, whenever wow. someone's like in Alabama we always do X. Yeah. and I'm like there are a couple of people in Alabama who are not racist. It's actually right. possible.
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs> progress. No. Well But yeah, that I think what you got from my book. But I hope for the listeners they know that I do not encourage you to go to a concert alone and pick up a a skeezy Irish man. Uh, But. But at the time, you didn't feel skeezy right, when I was there. Right, like right. it felt no, it's like about getting I was outside your comfort zone. which I, you tried but, to do? Yeah, I tried yeah. to get
0: outside of my comfort zone. Then yeah. I went on a date with a guy you suggested, and then he turned out to be unemployed. And oh, I'm no. sort of lost in his okay, life. here's the here's the let me. But I was being open. It said to be open. Yes. So there's there's being open. There's being like wide open and
1: having no standards. I don't know if you saw Katie. I dedicated the book to women who should never settle when they settle down. <laughs> So I, I, it's not about, like, date the schmuck is like, a rude asshole. Uh, no, I, I'm so sorry that it <laughs> happened to you. Um, no, my, my book is basically encouraging people to break their pattern, get outside their comfort zone. I was trying room, to break. I was
0: you know, breaking. <laughs> which which is good on
1: some level, but not that far. But, yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's really And funny. I went on a date with the guy you suggested, and he was very sweet, but he was also completely lost in his life. And I was like, all right, this is not a good But that's idea. the thing,
1: though. You listen to your instinct. I mean, that's a big theme of my work, too. It's like I'm not – you're the biggest expert. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'll give you some tools maybe to navigate things. But yeah. at the end of the day, you're the expert on your life, not me. Right. That's why I'm debunking rules.
0: Yeah. So it was good to go on the date with a, the because I need more educational opportunities. Yeah. To meet more guys who aren't oh, yeah. going to be the one. Oh, absolutely. I mean. I'm kidding. I'm
1: <laughs> totally serious. I know you're kidding. Uh, no, I mean, a lot of people quit online dating because they have one or two lame dates. And they're like, this doesn't work, and I say, well, okay, let's back. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but when people say blanket statement, it does not work. Then I usually say back, do you know someone who's met
0: uh, someone uh, online? Okay, so I know tons of people who have met a great person online. I have had uh, not such great experiences. I think I must be choosing in a way that's that means that because i just i do know people who have met the right one so i finally came offline because i had a couple proposed to me and they didn't they didn't have a picture or anything wait I, a couple a, uh, two people proposed to yeah, you yeah a couple and <laughs> i don't mean just a couple guys i mean a couple <laughs> and i felt vulnerable at that moment thinking why is my Picture out for someone to see who's not really the person I want to see. Like, I wish when, okay, Cupid, when you put in your things, Mm -hmm. that they just sent you people who are in those categories. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels a little weird to me when a 17 year old kid and a 63 year old man can look at my profile, Mm -hmm. even though I, I didn't ask for that. That said, I still feel like I must be. Whoever I'm selecting, I'm self-selecting. And I'm therefore self-selecting people who are broken unconsciously or consciously. Yeah. Because I believe that if all these other people have found someone, there's something to it.
1: Well, let me ask you, not to play coach here, but it, it, a good question to ask yourself is if you had to find your pattern in your dating life, yes, what character do you always play and how does it begin and end? Are you a dumper or a dumpy? Are you picking people who are really needy? Are you, like, what's your no, pattern? No, I'm picking
0: people who are emotionally unavailable. Okay. so But to know that is really... Or who are wonderful boyfriends but will never be a husband.
1: And you know that from probably early on. In
0: hindsight, I can go back and say this, this, this. You know, the hard part is if you put a red flag to everyone, I think you will never leave your house if you're dating in your 30s or 40s. Absolutely. But at the same time, if I look back in hindsight, I can see those red flags.
1: Yes. I think the question singles, or anyone, in friendship too, not just in dating. No, my
0: friendships, I have great friends. Yeah,
1: so the thing that people in relationships, though, need to ask themselves, it's not put the, don't just think about who the person you're dating is, look at who you are with him. If you're generally balanced and you're suddenly insecure, jealous, uncomfortable, it's not your match it's a bad sign yeah like that and i don't think we pay enough attention to how we're showing up because we're so you know we're so like immersed in the excitement and the what he's offering or what she's offering and we take ourselves out of the equation it always starts with us
0: now how do you do you feel like you could always be in a relationship you you would be able to pick for yourself very well
1: no, I mean, my pattern in the past was bad. <laughs> I was, I dated lovely men, but I always had a foot out the door. I was classic commitment phobe, so.
0: You were more, uh, you were the more, because most of the women I know who are in relationships, they wear the pants, and it seems like you were wearing the pants. I was, and you're wearing pants right now, you're wearing, wearing jeans. Wearing but I'm wearing pants right now. I'm wearing very nice. Black. I usually wear dress. You'll usually
1: see me in a dress just because I don't know. I like girly things. Me too. Yeah. I'm so
0: ungirly, and that's why I love yeah, to wear dresses too. and everything. Me too. And I
1: like love pink nail polish. But anyway, um, I think yeah. I mean, look the the funny thing. A lot of my advice you asked me earlier is it informed by my own experiences? Or yes, I interview lots of people, but I've made mistakes, and that I bring to. I definitely show my own vulnerabilities in my writing, and I'm very self-deprecating. So I'm not... uh, The first line of my, he's just not your type, is it was September 2005 when I realized I I had accidentally fallen for my friend Michael. I was horrified. And And he's now your husband. He's now my husband. So, yeah.
0: Um, So you're also a TV personality, and it just feels like there are all these TV personalities. It says that also on your website? What does that does. mean to be a TV personality? Well, she's the one with title. personality. It's a funny title. Hey, I'm Andrea. I'm a
1: personality. It's a funny title, but here's. Uh, it, I don't again, think it's again, funny it's at, at media, all. I think if you were funny, answer. your
0: title would be "I'm." She's funny. She's <laughs> funny. Um,
1: I no personality is a when I mean funny. I mean it's like an, an unusually str- it's strange. It's strange. It's strange and uncommon uncomfortable and awkward to publicly call yourself a personality. But it's, again, a media term. So personality is essentially, uh, I do a lot of segments. I've been on the Today Show, CBS This Morning, VH1, whatever it is. I've been on TV shows sharing dating and relationship advice enough that I, I'm i a media I'm in the media. I'm a media person. But isn't that
0: something you show, not tell? Like, I have a lot of personality. I don't think I need to, like, say that.
1: It's actually a term. It is a term, though. I mean, it's, it's something that the media understands what it means if you're a Who's media Who's the media? TV stations or,
0: you know. And you're on every single station, from the Wendy Williams show to NBC Today to CBS This Morning, VH1, Oprah Winfrey Network. You have your own show. You're also on NBC Digital. You have non-dating. I mean, you're on television all the time. And that's what you mean by that's media. what I mean by
1: TV personality. It just means TV because I'm not always hosting. Sometimes I'm on the other just like today. Sometimes I'm being interviewed. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's all it means.
0: Now, yeah. it seems very glamorous on the outside. I look at your TV shows. You have you're, you are stunning in person. And obviously, when you have, you know, on camera, it's even more so. Mm. Um, you must get paid tons of money. To do these ha. things.
1: <laughs> is, you are funny. That is funny. Uh, no, I, I think the biggest misconception about this job, because it can look very glamorous. When I hosted I hosted a dating show that was shot at 30 Rock, my makeup was done in the SNL, you know, makeup. Yes. Room. It was so exciting. Um, I got picked up in a car, like a limo. Oh, I couldn't always. I, I was eating, this. like, ramen noodles for dinner. I, I think the reality of talent and writing Uh, writers and talent in New York City. It's tough. It's tough to um, make a living. How do you do it? How I do it is with all the slashes in my title. So I have 10 jobs. I mean, I, I write books. Not The books also, if I just was a writer, I don't know that I'd pay my bills. If I just were on TV, I don't know that I'd pay my bills. But doing all these things... Uh, together helps, and the other way is I've I've often done branded work as a spokesperson.
0: Tell me about that. Like I saw the the um, Chic. Yes, they have the great razors, by the way. They have amazing. Razors. I'm not getting endorsed. I'm not getting any money for this. I'm not getting <laughs> free neither, razors yes. or anything. But they do. Yeah, the Chic Quattro is a good. Is it's a good amazing. Four blade razor. I, so yeah. I want to come up with a nine blade and just pitch it to them. I so think, if you know I anyone, anyone you there,
1: that would be a very close shave. Um, I. Yeah, I never in my wildest dreams when I started doing this work. Again, I thought I was a writer and a journalist. So I'm not gonna be endorsing products. I mean, that's crazy. But after doing a lot of media and hosting and writing books, I started getting approached by brands. And they'd say, your message is aligned with ours. So for Valentine's Day, for instance.
0: Yeah, you said that was your busy season. It's my high season. It's your high season. So
1: I do, I, I only align with brands I believe in. I would, like I've been contacted by kooky companies. But you
0: believe Schick is a brand that exists? Yeah, I believe, I believe it exists, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I believe in the 4 razor. And they were doing a fun campaign about... But think
0: about the nine. Think about nine blades. I'll, I'll pitch,
1: <laughs> pitch that to them. Um, and, you know, that, that one was really funny because who would have ever thought that a relationship relationship advice would go with shaving? That's
0: so odd. Well, but the reason one's shaving is to look attractive to the other sex, right? Yes, so that's
1: it. So uh, when it's kind of brilliant, actually, because a lot of things lead back to relationships. I wouldn't say it's brilliant,
0: but I think it's it's savvy.
1: No, it's brilliant (laughs) that that relationships, what I mean, actually, that's my Canadian uh, kind of British uh, usage of the word brilliant. Okay. It's like great. It's savvy. It's savvy. Because it's, you know, cleaning products can go back to relationships. Uh, It's not just flowers and chocolates. It's really everything.
0: Everything. Anything can be anything. anything can be branded, is what yes, you're saying. Yes, and I never knew. Look that. at water. We used to get that for free, and now now it's branded. It's true, and I, and, and now I you're doing, to, that to
1: and doing that to love. Doing that to love, and I don't ever want to. Um, come off, obviously, as salesy and make it like I sold my soul for, you know, these brands. But their brands, I truly, you know, I just did a really great campaign with MSN Bing. And I was a Googler. And now I'm all about Bing because they trained me and they, their campaign was break up with Google for Bing. And I was like, no way. I'm a Google, you know, I'm not breaking up. Especially isn't
0: Bing based on Google? Isn't it like a. No, they have, like, I don't, again, I'm
1: not getting paid for this segment with you. Okay. So let's not mention them. Okay.
0: We'll call it sling. We'll
1: call it sling. <laughs> but they have some features that I never knew when they trained me in the technology that I became like this preacher of, you know, in like off camera. I was really excited. You're doing about it right it. now. I'm you're doing off it right, camera. I can't help it. <laughs> so it's sometimes I only, yeah, it's if I believe in the message and the campaign is really cute. Yeah. And it makes sense with dating and relationships. It's, it's not only fun, but it pay, pays my bills, frankly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think that the practicalities of it make sense. I think what's hard is not really a question of you specifically, but um, journalism in general has become, well, I guess it always was integrated, but it feels even more so now that I don't, there's no difference between whether you're giving advice for Schick or whether you're giving advice for Bing or whether you're giving advice for Glamour.
1: Well, and, but if there's transparency if you do it right, I think.
0: So tell me a little bit about that, because, okay. and again, that's not a personal thing. That, that, no, I that's, get it. Yeah. That's just an issue in our culture now. Absolutely. That all of these things are essentially brands themselves, and they market with this brand and that brand, so how do you know what to believe?
1: No, you're absolutely right. Um, I think I would lose all credibility with producers and editors if I were always kind of trying to sneak in a brand. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm very transparent. If uh, when I did the Bing tour uh, for MSN, it was sponsored by Bing and that was on the TV. It said that. Or if I did an interview in media, I said, I'm coming to you as a spokesperson this month for blank.
0: Or you didn't just add it to the end of a sentence but a yeah. bing!
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. I didn't. So there, there's transparency. I think it is kind of creepy and weird when it, it's...
0: A, a product placement to me is more disturbing than if you just said this is sponsored by Bing.
1: Yeah. So And they were great about it too. They didn't want it to be sneaky because that ruins their credibility.
0: Well, um, I don't know if that's true. But I, I, I think that as a as a viewer, and I mean this for anything from when I go on to look up, you know, what's happening, I burn my, I burn myself. You know, where where do I go? Do I go to the Mayo Clinic to look online or do I go to NIH to look online? Even these places, it becomes an issue. Like, are they being sponsored by who? And that's why why I didn't want to just single you out. I mean Mm -hmm. this in general.
1: No, you're right. And it's getting more, it's becoming like that more and more. TV used to be, you know, brought to you by every soap yes, opera. Yes, absolutely. So we're, we are going back to that in a really big way. But what's exciting about branded content, what's really exciting about it, is that there's more editorial and commercials now, because it's, it's not just two fake people in the kitchen pretending that they love this pot roast or whatever they're right. selling. There's actually advice in it, there's takeaways for the audience, so the branded content actually has the potential to be entertainment while you're being sold too.
0: I would, if I had, a, if I lived in a dream world, I would be partnering with different companies for Employee of the Month, and they would be sponsoring my podcast, and I would be able to do video to show how wonderful you are, you know, so for people who are deaf, they can see you, and we can also have it um, you know, transcribed, or, or whatever it is that people need so that they could really get access to it.
1: I think it's the next phase of your Show, I think it will happen for you because how do you so how great. do you
0: meet with these brands? You just knock they, on their doors. They found me. I, oh. I
1: haven't. Um, do you give them
0: your address or they just find it? No,
1: they find me online. Okay, and uh, I I have a good online presence because of all the, <laughs> I mean I have all the high so much paid work <laughs> to get to that point where they find me.
0: Well, it's so, a good thing you're getting paid for this particular interview. So much money. This will make up so for all much. all of the all of the yes, Thank you so for excited. doing this generously <laughs> for free. I really do appreciate it. It's awesome. What are some of the perks you get from working for brands? I saw that you had clothes from a spree. Yes. for For one line. That's
1: a great. That's a great perk. Um, when I do on camera appearances, sometimes this, I'm I'm sent clothes. That's fun. So fun. Uh, I, you know, um, when I, when my first book came out, uh, Spawn, the city contacted me that book tours are stressful and we'd love to give you a massage.
0: Gosh, fabulous. Because
1: they found me on Twitter. And that that's the thing. It's it's a win-win because I'm thinking, oh my, I feel like, again, a phony. Like you're, I'm taking advantage. You're giving me a massage for me to, you know, for what? For them, it's, they knew, they did not ask me to tweet about it, but they knew that because I was so satisfied, I probably would. And I just said, you know,
0: so excited. That feels more honest though, because they're leaving it up to you to decide what you do with it. Yes. And that kind of bait and switch works so much better with me. It's like if a salesperson is like, that doesn't look good yeah, I'm probably going to buy something there. I agree with you. And oh, I know totally. what's going on. I yep. know exactly what's going down, but it does happen. And I'm like, okay.
1: I know. Me too. And the spree never said seller clothes. I never mentioned it. I did TV appearances and I never, I mean, that would be really awkward. I'm talking about my book and then I'd be like, speaking of which, the scarf, you know. Uh, they never asked me to mention it. And because I was so thankful, I ended up in certain interviews Saying, "Aren't I lucky? I'm an author and I got to wear the, these clothes." Yes, so absolutely. It came out very organically.
0: So here's a non-organic segue. Mm-hmm. So say you have a single friend who who really looks up to you and it has a lot of uh, admiration for you. Maybe not a friend, maybe someone who's interviewing you, and they're single and they would like advice on how to how to f- meet someone. What would you advise to that person?
1: Well, the first thing is what I what I mentioned earlier. Look at your pattern, because if you want change to happen, you have to do and date differently.
0: Okay, so we looked at the pattern of that. So we look at the p- pattern. Theoretical person, and then
1: we have to commit to breaking the pattern. Okay,
0: so how, how do we, so, as so, an I, commit to that?
1: So, well, basically, um, it, the simple answer, and I'm, I'm making it obviously really simple for this this purpose, but. If you know that I date unavailable people, yeah, what are the flags? You're, you're and probably- void of
0: personality, like not that great either, but really, really? egotistical, yeah. Because you're
1: so great, that's so crazy. Okay, that's crazy. So it's, it's
0: not like I'm like going after like. Barack Obama or George Clooney and they're like hey I'm already taken like it's not like that and even if they were I mean I should put it out there even if they were like a postal worker but had that type of personality and intelligence no I'm not going after that I'm going after someone who's like slightly underwhelming but incredibly egotistical
1: so the deeper question you obviously have to ask yourself is a why do you think you're doing that
0: those are the ones who who court me
1: And and the thing is, how do you feel in those relationships?
0: At first, I think I feel very flattered and excited and then uh, quickly realize like, this is not going anywhere. Did do you
1: stay in it even at that point? Yes, probably, yes. So I think, yeah, I think you do something enough and then you have to commit to when I start down this path, because I've been there before, if I want to find love, if I truly... And if some people just want to be single power to them, but, like, if you truly want to...
0: I wish I was one of those people. I think it would help me Yeah, I mean,
1: one of my big isms, because I have sound bites because I do media, you know, yeah. is date the person, not the potential. And I think so many women and men, but uh, we're talking about women now.
0: Yeah. Uh, one woman, but yeah. One
1: woman. They'll be like, <laughs> I well, know. he's not doing this, but it, he's charming and he's saying this. And if I stick around, then maybe, and it's a beautiful quality that we like, think the best will come out if we stick around and if we and that's a recipe for disaster i mean it, when someone shows you who he is believe him i mean it's
0: so what else, like what if you go on dates with really nice guys recently i've been trying to break my pattern but it's boring
1: well i think it's really important to the not because
0: they're nice it's not they're not boring because no, they're that. nice they just happen to be boring, to be boring and people yeah
1: Here's the litmus test for you, your homework, (laughs) on your next date. There are two questions to ask yourself, and don't ask it out loud, because it's not that you would, but I'm telling your listeners too. Don't ask this out loud. The two questions are, am I having fun right now, yes or no? Am I curious to learn more about the person across from me, yes or no? If you answer no to both, end it. I mean, that's not worth your time. So I'm not saying if you're, but if you're having fun and you, your curiosity is there, you don't need to know you're going to marry someone. You don't need to know your parents will like him. You don't need to know you have a great future. That's all you need to know. And I think that helps people stay present. uh, And that's when things start to happen.
0: And what is your, I love that I can ask you advice about anything. How do you feel about Jesus?
1: (laughs) Uh, He seemed like a very nice man. Wait, so you'll give advice on anything. No, <laughs> I don't pretend. That's the thing. Like, I think people, anyone who knows me knows, like, I'm not, I know what I'm really, I don't think I know it all. At all.
0: What about yeah. building my brain? Here, let's pick something that you do know about. Build. it Because mean, you did with dating. Jesus, I, I don't think your advice is very good. I don't know good. about Jesus. Um, in terms of building a brand, how, how would someone like me with this great show, I have phenomenal guests, what would the next thing to do? What's my next thing? I think
1: you're on the right... Path. I mean, I think it's about. This is going to sound annoying, probably, but keep doing exactly what you're doing, and you will reach a tipping point very soon. The other thing I'd say, because you need that presence. That phrase was his. already taken
0: by Malcolm Gladwell, who probably took it from someone else. He
1: may have, yeah. <laughs> he may have. Uh, no, it, it's it's it takes. No one's an overnight success. I mean, you're you're on such an impressive track that I can't imagine you won't reach a next level very soon where people will start to come to you. The truth is I have tried to pitch myself and it never goes as well as when someone finds me. It's 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 like primitive
0: dating. It is. I find it more primitive than dating almost. Like I feel like you could put a little more effort into dating. And if you're yourself, you'll meet someone who's going to like you how you are. But I feel like with work stuff, they really do need to find And when they do, It's amazing. It's amazing, and I just want to be like, why did that take so long?
1: That's the thing, though. That's why it's frustrating, but also reality, that um, if you are out there enough and your online profile is... You know, you have enough hits that you start coming up, and you and people go to your shows, and there's word of mouth, which is the most powerful marketing. And all of, my, all of my all of
0: my guests come from previous guests.
1: Yeah, so it's that is how things spread. That's how your brand explodes. Yeah, and it and it may take a year, and it may take a month with where you're at now, but be patient because it will happen. I have no doubt. And the thing is, I I wouldn't. I think a lot of times because I could, someone could start a blog tomorrow and be like, yeah. I'm a food expert and start writing about food. So is that
0: all it takes to be an expert? Well, that's what's frustrating about it because I what think What should I today, be an expert in? I need to have some expertise. I don't
1: expertise. think expert... I, I, like I said, I never introduce myself as an expert. unless I only use it in a media context because it's an easy way to brand myself. But Here's I, the thing, like,
0: though. Okay, so yeah. I'm not accessible to mainstream media because... I would make fun of anyone who calls himself an expert. Mm-hmm. I find it really embarrassing. I'm coming from an academic background, and I'm like, well, what are you possibly an expert? In? Unless they really are an expert. And to well, me, to be makes an expert... What someone really an expert? Well, that's right. So, okay, what no makes one. it... No one. It's
1: a made-up thing.
0: Except that there are people who... I would look to um, Hillary Clinton for her expertise in international relations. I would look to... Uh, Bill Clinton, for his expertise in policy. But how about
1: if someone for 20 years has studied wine? Is he not an expert?
0: I would think that person is a wine expert. I
1: think the, the litmus test, speaking of our friend Malcolm Gladwell, is if you do something for enough hours in your day, I, I think you... I, I okay, mean, but I, so I, then what, I,
0: is an alcoholic an expert on wine? Yes, arguably. He <laughs> could be, yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, look, it's... It's, Remember that guy, Gray, who did Women Are from, Men Are From Mars, Sean Women Gray, Are From Venus? He yeah. has been married to divorced four times. Yes. So why? Is, is he an expert because he's been through it a lot or is he an expert? Or then Harville Hendricks has been married to his wife who's also an expert. They've had a healthy marriage. So their yeah, expertise I mean, is coming from the research like you yeah. But also from their own marriage succeeding, right? right? It's from both of those. That's what I imagine.
1: Yeah, I, you're right. Uh, but there were experts in the past who have had very dysfunctional relationships and still wrote wonderful papers and um, groundbreaking research on what they studied.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, they're psycholog- You can yeah. look at Freud and you yeah. can say Freud exactly. was a, f- a phenomenal, brilliant yeah. um, theorist and I don't know how his home life was, necessarily. Right.
1: So it's not always connected to personal uh, life. But, I, no, I think, you know, I do think you're more commercial than you
0: think. My teeth, for example. I think Your that teeth are fantastic. These should be on commercials, and no one ever puts them there. <laughs> I'll be a tooth They're expert. beautiful. Yeah. Um, I really find you to be so authentic and honest, and I have to say that I don't feel that way about most people, who I see on, on television, I find a lot of the conversations to be very canned. Yeah. Um, does it ever feel canned to you?
1: Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I have caught myself where it feels contrived and I hate it. And I, if I watch myself back and I sense it, I, I really uh, try to change that because I think the reason, if my brand, brand quote unquote, has resonated at all with readers or with viewers, it's because I'm I'm self-deprecating or down to earth. I'm not pretending to have every answer, and I admit when I make mistakes. I think perfect is. You were
0: off on Jesus. You said that you thought he was a really nice guy. He seemed
1: like a really nice guy. He
0: was very crabby to people. (laughs) Was he? I have no idea.
1: (laughs) But I, I mean, I think the bottom line is. Uh, Accessibility is really important to me uh, in my work. So I think perfect, I think the whole idea of perfect is it's boring, it's unnatural, it's like, it's irritating to me. If someone's really polished and perfect, I can't connect with that person.
0: I think that's also the imperfect is now the new perfect. Maybe. It's a yeah. new trend.
1: I like that trend. I think, it's, I think that's where we're leaning. I think people can sniff authenticity in social media.
0: But even uh, that word has lost its authenticity. Even authenticity yeah. has lost its authenticity. Yeah, it, uh,
1: it has. Just like there are certain words, if you go to a social media convention, this week I'm going to social media stuff for social media week, and there's words like, oh, God, uh, you know, engagement. And I, I, there's a list of like Does this stuff help words. you going
0: to these things? I never go to these things.
1: It does. That's the other probably piece I should tell you It's <laughs> meet people because people will connect you with other people.
0: Like, I feel like I have all these pro- like I'm like, no, I'm going to go and work on my books and I'm going to work on the content versus going out and meeting folks. But you think how much is meeting folks and how much is the content?
1: It's 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 50-50. Okay. I'm out. I think like it's 47-33 ridiculous...
0: and then there's a 21. Well, you met me eating. in LA that night. i introduced you to some friends. That was great. Well, like, no, but I met you um at High Holidays. I met yeah. you at at so being Jewish, that's the number one thing. <laughs> so the first tip <laughs>
1: be be a heat.
0: Uh, Which yeah. actually, like, for most people would be like, yeah. Yeah, that is probably. <laughs> the conspiracy
1: was actually proven true when I lived in L.A. when year. someone told me the synagogue to go to to meet writers.
0: What I was thought, that?
1: I can't remember. I'll tell you when I figure it out. But okay, thank you. It was, you know, you want to meet. But you do. You want to meet people. You want to get out there. And, and you were
0: so sweet to my dog, actually. And that I love was, your dog. And so then I was like, oh, I really would love to talk to this person. But normally I would not love to talk to a dating expert. I would think you are full of did <laughs> But I,
1: didn't, I don't think when I shook your hand I said I'm a dating expert. No. I didn't <laughs> exactly. No, till so later. I would have been really turned off had I said that, and it's a good thing I didn't say it. In
0: fact, and also, you were recommended by a psychologist, actually, who you, you were introduced to me by a, a mutual friend, who I have a lot of respect for, for who's a psychologist. So you had the backing of someone I would consider an expert, who was then saying, "Here's my friend, who's a dating expert." Mm-hmm. I have to tell you that most of the people I know who are psychologists would never say, "Here's my friend, a dating expert."
1: Yeah, well, I don't but even call myself is. a dating expert. When it you says inter- so on your website. Well, a relationship, here's the thing. Dating and relationship expert, I, I mean, it's the easiest way for me not to say in 15, because I have 15 slashes in my title. I'm an author, I'm a host, I'm a speaker, I'm a columnist, right. I'm a coach, I'm a spokesperson. I'm a, it's too long, frankly. It's the easiest way to... But your dad's
0: a dentist, he doesn't go by tooth expert.
1: No, but he probably could. He, he
0: probably should. He
1: could. He should. He should. He, I, a, I've been a spokesperson for
0: the people's teeth.
1: Yeah, that's a beautiful. You're welcome. That's beautiful. You can have that one. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I've worked with psychologists. I've uh, listen. I'm no. I'm not trying to. I don't have all the answers, but I'm also no schlub. I've done thousands of hours of research in this. So there's a certain point. If I graduated with uh, psychology. I get why that that's more academic and, but if someone graduates with a psychology degree and has never interviewed a single, a person who's single. Yeah. Or has herself a dating. I mean, I don't think she's an expert. I don't think my friend who's a psychologist who hasn't done any research in this field is a dating expert either.
0: My question is how many experts is it going to take to get me, get me in love? (laughs) And the answer is two. Me me and one other person. That's the answer. That's, what, what are you up to now? You have this wonderful show, Life Story Project, that's on Oprah Winfrey Network in Canada, but people can also go online and see it there. And what else is going on?
1: I have a new book, as I mentioned, coming out in June with a co-author who's an awesome guy.
0: Um, and, uh, and that's just, called How to Be an Expert.
1: That's, co- <laughs> that's a good book. but No, it's called It's Okay to Sleep with Them on the First Date and All the Rules of Dating Debunked. It's a long title. Uh, so that's really exciting. We'll do a book tour for that, uh, speaking engagements. And, look, my job is extremely unpredictable, as I'm sure you can relate to. So things come out. I have a shoot next week for a show called Mansum.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I was on Mansum. super fun. Oh, awesome. What are you doing for Mansum? So I'm
1: giving uh, relationship advice on Mansum.
0: Very cool. Yeah,
1: so there's that coming up. I'm, I don't... I'm shooting videos for iVillage, which is a relationship site. Uh, so there's a lot, but I never know month to month.
0: Okay. You, know, you can't, but it seems like it's this. more shooting videos and, and, um, being on camera than it is, you know, researching.
1: Well, no, no. When I, when I work on a book, I do tremendous research, okay. but I'm not currently, my book is coming out. I finished my book a few months ago.
0: Got it. <laughs> so now is the time to be on in now front the of the camera. To do the marketing. Okay. I'm way too extroverted
1: to just be a writer. Yes. But when I, when, I am, you know, when I am researching a book, I, I'm in touch with psychologists. I'm looking at research from Dr. John Gottman or any, any of these wonderful uh, psychologists in the field I'm, I'm writing about. So Dr. Gray? Dr. Gray I haven't cited John yet. Gray? John Gray I haven't cited. But um, I've spoken with Dr. Helen Fisher on, on the brain in love. I, I looked at the brain in love in my last book. It was fascinating. I was disparaging
0: um, John Gray. I wasn't saying you should be. In I know.
1: I, I got the sense <laughs> earlier. <laughs> kind of picked up on that. Um, but there's some amazing, amazing, uh, re- you know, there amazing people I've gotten the chance to interview for research purposes who, who have collaborated with me. I was on a panel last year with Esther Perel, who wrote *Meeting in Captivity*. Yes. Um, and she and I did *Venus and Fur on Broadway. We were both on the same panel. Um, which was a great honor for me. And I was with Dr. Ian Kerner, who's a psychologist. And yeah, she so comes I'm, first. She, Yeah, she comes first. Good, Good stuff. That's it. So, I mean, I'm paired with these people. I'm very grateful for that. But I work with them. I collaborate with them. They sometimes have reference something I've said or yes. reference them. And that's, that's the you world. You guys all reference each yeah, other. Yeah, that's the world I'm, I'm lucky to be in.
0: It's, it's neat to talk to you because I have a couple friends who are... Com- oh, friends is a loose term here. I know a couple people who write uh, sex columns and they are the craziest people I've ever met and you should never get advice for them. And so it's so nice to, <laughs> to talk with you and find out how down-to-earth you are and accessible you are. And it, it certainly um, makes me want to read more of your stuff and I'm sure it will make our listeners feel that way as well
1: thank you um
0: andrea thank you so much for being here
1: thank you so much it was so fun i'm, I'm psyched to have an employee of
0: the month award well i'm excited to have you <laughs> on the wall it's a it's a real treat um, i hope you will come back again thank you so so much that's it for this episode thank you so much for tuning in please check out our website employee the month that's employee of the month You can nominate people, you can give me feedback about the interviews, what you liked, didn't like, people you'd like to hear from. Again, this show is about jobs, work, and culture, so trying to get a sense of how people spend their time, what they do with it. We really only, we meaning me, like to only interview interesting, good eggs, the good part meaning that they have a moral compass. I probably will not take someone if they're a dictator or a parking ticket officer, but anyone else who has a really interesting job or career, please feel free to uh, let us know about them. Please donate if you have money. We could really use your help. It makes the sound quality that much better. It helps pay for people. And even me, I could afford to have three meals in a day instead of combining. That would be a delight. I really want to thank Ian Mazoff for being just a wonderful partner in crime, as well as all of you for listening. Thank you so, so much. And how did I not thank Lady Parts? Thank you, lady, for being the best co-host a host could ever have. I'm Katie Lazarus. Be well.